Investment advisory services offered through CWM LLC, an SEC registered investment advisor. It's time for the Money Night Podcast with certified financial planner Wade Chessman, president and wealth advisor at Chessman Wealth Strategies. Welcome to the Money Night Podcast. I'm Wade Chessman, president and wealth advisor here at Chessman Wealth Strategies. Well, once again, you know, there's you don't hear the familiar sounds of Ben George, my co-host. Today, I'm going solo, which usually means I have a guest, which is that happens to be the case today. And I'm I'm super, super excited and really honored, truly honored to have on the show today, Ron Blue, the founder of Kingdom Advisors. Ron has a really long uh, bio. I could probably spend the whole show kind of going over all the amazing things he's done. Let me highlight a few things. In 1979, he founded Ronald Blue and Company. Now it's called Ronald Blue Trust, the largest Christian financial planning firm in the country. He's offered over 20 books, 20 books, uh, Master Your Money, The Complete Guide to Faith-Based Family Financing, Surviving Financial Meltdown, which would be, that would be an interesting one to revisit kind of going with everything we have going on today. So Ron, thank you so much for being on the show. It really is. I've I was gushing all over Ron before we got the started the recording, but I truly am excited to have you on the show. I admire you so much. So what I wanted to do today is um, pick your brain on a subject related to financial freedom. So welcome, Ron. Let me just say hello. Thank you, Wade, for inviting me. I'm looking forward to it. And I'd love to do this. I love answering questions and interacting with uh men and women who are really serious about their faith and integrating their faith into their practice. So, and I know that typifies you. So thank you for inviting me. I consider it a privilege. Great. Awesome. Okay. So we, we talk a lot about well, we hear a lot about, Hey, I want to be, especially as Americans, we want to be free. We want to have financial freedom. We want financial security. And sometimes I'll ask people, you know, what's important to you? What do you want to try to achieve from a big long picture. And they, and they say, I want to be financially free. And I think that probably means different things to different people. But as believers, can you talk a little bit about what does it mean to have true financial freedom? And then if someone's interested in doing that, which who wouldn't be, what are some steps or decisions they have to make or consider making to get to that point? First of all, I think when people first hear about financial freedom, they think of an amount of money. Right. And the reality is that you can't feel financial freedom. Mm -hmm. I don't care if you have a million dollars or a billion dollars or a hundred thousand dollars. There's no feeling that comes with that. There's a number there and logically and in your mind, you might say that's enough, but there's no feeling that comes with it. Uh, And so the, it's an illusion to think I'm going to feel financially free, but it's not an illusion to think that I can be content. And that's different than financial freedom, but it's better than financial freedom. Hmm. And God's word says in Hebrews 13, five, be content with what you have. So if I'm content with what I have, let me put it this way. If I'm not content with what I have, I won't be content with more. It's not an amount. It's a choice and it's an attitude. And it's an attitude of gratitude, really. So when you look, when you talk about financial freedom, you're really better off to say, I want to be financially content. I want to be content with what God has given me. And that you can tell when you're content and you can tell when you're discontent. 
you can't tell when you're financially free, if you will, okay. because there's not a feeling associated with it. So there are certain principles that can be followed where uh, I think somebody can be truly financially free. And if you'll permit me, uh, Chase, I, I had uh, I was speaking a year ago uh, at a conference of uh, high school headmasters, okay. Christian high school headmasters. Mm-hmm. And I made myself available afterwards to talk to anybody that wanted just to talk. And I found when I do speak, and you would find, I know most of us that are in the financial world, when people come to us, they're looking for the answer to one question. And that question is, how am I doing? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Right. They, want, they want to know how I'm doing. And, and this lady wanted to know uh, how she was doing. So I, I said, tell me a little bit about yourself. She said, well, I'm 76 years old. My husband died when he was 56. We never had any children. And I had never written a check in my life. Uh, so I knew nothing about money. And so I just kind of did what I was in front of me. And uh, I said, well, tell me a little bit about where you are. And she says, well, she says, I've got $50,000 in my savings account for emergencies. Mm-hmm. Uh, she says, I don't have any debt at all. I don't have a mortgage on my home. She had a piece of rental property. I said, do you have a mortgage on that? And she said, no, I don't have a mortgage on that. She was getting 1500 a month from the rental property. She says, I have a credit card, but I've never used it. <laughs> <laughs> she was giving uh, significantly. And I, I said, could you live on Social Security plus that $1,500 a month that you're getting in rental income? And she says, oh, yeah. She says, I'm doing that now. And I said, well, just out of curiosity, I said, if you're going to sell that rental home, this was in Seattle. I said, what could you sell it for? And she said, probably about $650,000. Wow. So I said, ma'am, I said, do you realize you're probably a millionaire? And I said, do you realize that you're probably in the very highest echelon of people of wealth in this country because you don't have any debt? And I said, you truly are financially free for, for these reasons. Number one, you've got a lifestyle that you could live if your income went down dramatically. You're financially free because you've got money set aside that for for any emergencies, you're financially free because you have no debt. There's nobody that can come after you to get to get anything. I said, you are as free as anybody could possibly be free financially, and you should celebrate that. And so I was able, I had the privilege of saying that to her because she legitimately had the question whether she was doing okay or not. And Mm. I, you know, and I said, I don't know that I've met anybody that's doing as good as as what you're doing. Yeah. (laughs) So, so she was free, but she was also content. And. I think, uh, Chase, when you recognize that God owns it all, if, if you literally believe that, then there's nothing you can lose because he owns it. Mm. If people get fearful about what happens with the stock market, uh, what happens with the value of housing, uh, whatever, wherever their assets are. But if God owns it all and I hold it with an open hand, then he's free to take out whatever he wants, whenever he wants. And he's free to put in whatever he wants, whenever he wants to. And so I can be content and I can be free when I deal with the issue of God's ownership. 
You know, I've been meditating recently on seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. It just keeps running through my mind because all these things are food, uh, shelter, and clothing, and the things that are necessities of life. He says, he promises, I'll take care of you. I just got an email today about what's going on in Turkey. Yeah, it's a mess. And it's, it is. 20,000 people killed. And the email I got was from a believer who said that uh, the Christians are being discriminated against because when they're passing out blankets and food, the Muslim countries are not giving that to Christians. Yeah. So, but God said he would provide, and he is providing through Christians in this country uh, that are supporting that. So that's a really long answer, but it, I've lived a long time, and I just have too many experiences. <laughs> I got it. <laughs> okay. Can you delve into, and you don't have to go into detail into each one, but you talked about the salvation decision, the lordship decision, the calling, the steward's decision, the treasure decision. I thought that was really good stuff. Would you be kind of willing to go into some of talk a little bit about some of those topics? Yeah, uh, I uh, spend a lot of time uh, over the years, quiet time thinking, and I do a lot of journaling, and uh, I tend to think conceptually. And so I end up with diagrams and pictures and so forth in my mind. And I was thinking through the idea of uh, how, what are, what sequence is there, or is there a sequence of moving from what I would call spontaneous giving, mm-hmm. and I would call it minimal spontaneous giving, to intentional maximized giving? Okay. Is there, is there something that has to happen? Uh, and I think, first of all, uh, generosity and giving always are symptomatic of transformation. So it begins with the spiritual transformation. And I think it begins with saying, uh, do I really believe that God owns it all? And do I really believe that everything that I have came from him? When I say God owns it all, that is transformational because it changes the way that I think and the way that I act. And it really is the beginning uh, of discipleship. And the next step is really the Lordship of Christ. So I'm saved, but I think people make a decision that he's going to be Lord of my life also. They make the conscious decision of salvation, and they make a conscious decision uh, of lordship. Mm -hmm. Uh, John MacArthur said that's the number one priority in the Christian's life, uh, the lordship of Christ, uh, Matthew 6.33. So when he is Lord, that almost automatically leads to I'm now a steward. And uh, when I'm a steward, it's saying I'm serving the Lord and I'm serving the Lord with his resources. And I am a steward or a trustee and the owner has all the rights and me as a steward has all of the responsibilities. So I, I think of myself differently when I think of myself as a steward. So now my decision making when it comes to finances changes a lot because I'm spending his money and using his money. And there's nothing wrong with spending money. He gives us money to use and to use for, I think that every spending decision is ultimately a spiritual decision if he owns it all. So the stewardship decision, when I become a steward, 
then I think uh, we face the idea of, well, I'm a steward of my life. I'm a steward of my vocation. I'm a steward of my family. I'm a steward of truth. I'm a steward of money. I'm a steward of everything about my, my life. What has he called me to do? And where has he called me to be? So my belief is that you uh, have had a sense of calling. You wouldn't be doing this if you didn't have a sense of calling. Right. You're, you're called to something and you know what you're called to. And you're called to something that's unique. There's nobody else that's in your position. Uh, and he's giving you clients. He's given you relationships. He's given you uh, influence. He's given you things that are unique to you. And you're called to use them for kingdom purposes. And my guess is that you spend time thinking about, am I on track right. or am I off track? Because you have this sense of calling. And once you have that sense of calling and you say, this is all about the kingdom. Now you're ready to make that decision. Do I really believe Matthew 6, where Jesus said, you, cannot, you can't serve God in money. You choose one or the other. Randy Alcorn, of course, calls it the treasure uh, decision or the treasure principle. And it's very true. Do I really believe that uh, where my treasure is, there my heart will be also, and that there are consequences to my giving that are eternal? And I have decided that I want my treasure to be in heaven. So when I, uh, when I make a charitable gift, for example, I do that because I believe that, that my treasure is in heaven. And that's to me is the same thing as making an investment. Mm -hmm. So I, when I got that email today for Turkey, I immediately you know, made a contribution because it wasn't in my plan. And that's why I say maximized giving and maximized giving includes spontaneous giving. But it includes more than spontaneous giving also. It includes uh, maximizing my, uh, my giving. We found in our firm, uh, Wade, that people, when they answered the question, how much is enough, that freed them up to give above and beyond because there were an awful lot of people that had a kingdom heart and a kingdom calling, but they hadn't had an expert like you to say, you know what, you've got enough. And you've, you've dealt with clients that have enough. And by enough, I mean, they really couldn't spend it all uh, because God has blessed them abundantly. But people don't know if they've never set that finish line and had somebody help them set that finish line, they don't know that whether or not they're, they have the ability to be a good steward and to give maximum amounts of money. Right. It, it, do you think that's one of the main reasons why people, self-professing Christians and believers, you know, maybe don't give to their some at all or don't give more abundantly? Absolutely. Uh, there's no question about that. And, you know, in my life, uh, Wade, I've, I've, I've been in this business. <laughs> Somebody introduced me recently and they said he's been in this business a half a century. So, <laughs> that's true <laughs> it's true but it just hit me yeah yeah <laughs> but 
the first client that I had was uh, that paid me a fee for financial planning. Uh, I said, my objective is to help you give more money. And long story short, it didn't seem possible. We, uh, he was a physician making 82,000 a year and we helped him develop a plan to give a million dollars away over five years. And I, so I, uh, I found that <laughs> had that not happened, if he'd only given a hundred thousand, I think my bar would have been lower, mm -hmm. but because he gave a million, I was able to, uh, I was able to say, look, if you want to give a million, I've done that once. I can help you do that too. <laughs> so, you know, it's, a, it's really weird, but I built a financial planning practice with the value proposition. If I can help you give away more money. Yeah. It seems to, <laughs> it's definitely counterintuitive to what, you know, we're constantly bombarded with, which is to build bigger storehouses, build bigger barns, store right. away. But it's there. But there is a point. There is still fear. Even even I have it. You know, sure. Because it's like when is enough is enough. And even though it says you have enough, you know, things can happen. So it's like it, it, a lot of it does boil down to, as you said, being a steward and trusting. But that's not always as easy as it sounds. I'm going to tell you, tell you this, um, Wade. Uh, I, one of the decisions I made was that every financial planner that worked for me had to have a financial planner. Mm -hmm. And they had to meet with their financial planner once a year. And that included right. me. Right. Okay. So last week, Judy and I met with our financial planner. And I can tell her how much we have and uh, whether it's enough or whatever. But it was a lot different because he, he, he took out blank sheet of paper and he said, let me show you how this works. And he said, this is what you have. And when you sell this, this is what you have. And this is this income you'll lose because of his death and so forth. And, and it all comes down to here. And here's how much you have to spend. Here's how much you have to get. Here's how much you have to pay in taxes and you don't right. have any debt. So you can see you're in good shape. Right. It's on, it's on a piece of paper, a white piece of paper that's scratched on. And she needed to hear that from somebody independent, if you will. Mm -hmm. uh, it's not that she doesn't trust me, but she, uh, but she knows that I'm a numbers guy and I've been doing numbers. Right. <laughs> for whole, for, yeah. For half a century. So, right. And so she, <laughs> for somebody else to say, and if I die, that financial advisor is going to end up doing what I did today. Right. Well, you'll, you'll be, sit with her. You'll be glad to hear this then, Ron, because I did the same exact thing with my wife about three okay. weeks ago. She and, and you're the reason. She came in and met and we did a whole, what we do for every other client. We did it for me and her and just walked through the process and took out, we did a, we, I can't say that we took out a piece of paper, but we pulled up some pretty cool stuff on the computer and went yeah. through the whole process. So yeah, I, I agree. You got you got to. It's easier for me to sit there and look at the numbers, but not necessarily part of her. You know, it's not. Sometimes there's one person that's a little bit more interested in that than the other. Okay, let's let's go a little bit deeper then into that concept because we know that there's believers out there that aren't giving to their full capacity. They're they're fearful. I mean, how how do we how do as believers how do we work through that? in our lives. 
Well, I, I do believe this, that, and I'll speak now as a professional planner, advisor, as you are. It's never my decision or your decision. It's always their decision. Right. So what I can do is, is I can say, I do know that I can look at your numbers and help you uh, figure out kind of where you are actually and kind of where the tension points are and where you're likely to end up. But you're the one that has to make the decisions as to any changes that you want to make in your financial life. Right. And so I, but here's the thing, you and I as believers, talking to believers, uh, have the privilege of saying, of saying, if you want to give more, we can build that into your plan. Right. And that's where, that's the distinctive. It's not, it's not telling them they need to. It is inviting them to make that decision. And because we're believers, we're asking that not for our benefit, of course, but for their benefit. It comes back to what Paul said. You know, I'm not asking you to give for my benefit. I'm asking you to give for your benefit. Right. And as as believing advisors, we have a real privilege of helping people maximize, face the question of whether they want to maximize their giving uh, or increase their giving or maximize their giving. Mm -hmm. And and when you say Uh, it's for their benefit, what do you mean? What do you mean for their benefit? For where your treasure is, your heart is also. So if I'm helping people send money uh, ahead, the treasure principle, Mm-hmm. You can't you can't take it with you, but you can send it ahead, as, as mm-hmm. Randy says. If that's true, then it's for their benefit. So if I'm saying, look, you can send another 100000 ahead, I don't know what that means in kingdom terms, but I do know that you can't lose it right. <laughs> once you send it ahead. And, and, uh, and, you, and you've talked about this before, the fact that, you know, if if money is causing you stress and it's something that you're – ultra focused on how do you how do you take that off your plate and one of the way to do it is then to get it right absolutely i I say this every time that i speak that the only way to break the power of money is to give and that's why so much is said about giving jesus said a lot about it he you know he said to the rich young ruler sell it all right and he had the rule and and it says and he loved him he looked at him and he loved him so he was saying this for his benefit. Of course, he didn't respond uh, to it, but but that that is reality. And uh, I consider, um, and as a as a believing financial advisor, that I see into hearts better than pastors see into hearts, because I see checkbooks and I see where people that put their value. Mm-hmm. And God has given us a way to terrific, gosh, responsibility, but privilege to be involved in people's lives in eternal ways through the money. Right. Uh, that, that is a real privilege. And I, I hold that, I really hold that dearly. I do uh, as well. And, you know, this podcast is for clients, people that are potential clients, people just want to learn more about it. And so, you know, that's my heart as well is, that's that's one of the reasons we do these things is to constantly, as you said, am I how are we doing on our calling? And let's challenge ourselves maybe to take it to another level. Absolutely. 
you know, I, in 1977, um, I really felt called to the ministry. I didn't know what that meant. And I look back now after whatever number of years that is, 46 or seven years, and uh, say, I've been in ministry since then. That's right. Even though I've, I built a business that, uh, that's doing pretty well. In fact, it did a lot better after I left. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's still, it's still a going concern, that's for sure. Well, Ron, I'm yeah. gonna, I know in the interest of time, I know you're, you got a lot on your plate. I'm going to wrap it up here, but love to maybe do it again, tackle some other concepts at another point. I really appreciate your insight and your wisdom, and I know our listeners will as well. And I look forward to seeing you in person in a couple of weeks at the Kingdom Advisors Conference. Uh, we'll make it a point, Wade. I would appreciate it. And I'd be on your program anytime you want me to. So okay, you great. call me. You let me know. I would. It's a real privilege. And I Thank you. appreciate your asking me. Thank you. The opinions voiced in Money Night with Wade Chessman are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. All indices are unmanaged and may not be invested into directly. Investing involves risk, including possible loss of principal. No strategy assures success or protects against loss. To determine what may be appropriate for you, consult with your attorney, accountant, financial or tax advisor prior to investing. Guests on Monday night are not affiliated with CWM LLC. Investment advisory services offered through CWM LLC, an SEC registered investment advisor.